Power Ballad Friday, of course, on the panel. Peter Cetera, Amy Grant, The Next Time I Fall. Peter Cetera, as you know, behind the hit Glory of Love. We all know Pete's voice, isn't it incredible? And Amy Grant, she was dubbed the queen of Christian pop with songs such as Thy Word and Sing Your Praise to the Lord. Not personally familiar with it, but Cetera had why, initial... Why is that, Wallace? Well, I just didn't, um, you know... Um, my dad was a minister, that was enough. Uh, didn't have to get into the songs as well there, Chris. Um, but Satira had initial reservations because of her Christian music background, but they got on well, and um, a song was born, and that is it. Um, it is 25 to 5. I think uh, you're stretching the rubber band there to call that a power ballad. It was the you know the softest of the soft rock was, you could get from the yeah, 80s. And yeah, yes. A power with a small P. Well, it... <laughs> Yeah, to find a power ballad. Also, we've been doing this for two years now, so we've got to, um, yeah, <laughs> we've got to, uh, you know, got Running to look at that. You need to change it up, Wallace. That's right, really that's right. Is it, uh, should I end the power ballad? Should I end power ballad Friday? There we go, 2101. Just go is hit it, Friday. Is it, is it, oh, there. Hey, an idea is born. <laughs> An idea is born on Friday. What's the date? Let's mark this down. The 19th of May. Disco Friday. That sounds very good. Um, panel, Andrew says, we have a trust that owns a rental property. This income is primarily used to pay for my father's dementia care. This will reduce the amount that helps pay for his care. Not everyone with a trust is trying to rot the system. More, cool. Yep, more Robin Hood from Robinson. Jen says, bullying. I lost my long-term job of 20 years because of a bully. He got another job. I struggled ever to find employment again. Goodness. Um, I appreciate your thoughts this afternoon, Kia ora. Now, to this. The John Walker Find Your Field of Dreams program provides swimming lessons and other experiences for 60,000 disadvantaged children across South Auckland, Tamaki Makaurau. It was threatened a couple of years ago when Auckland Mayor Wayne Brown presented his, uh, sorry, a couple of days ago when Wayne Brown presented his proposed budget cuts to community funding. Manurewa Local Board Deputy Chairman Matt Winniata later delivered a presentation. Uh, it affected him. He broke down in tears over this news. And although Wayne Brown did back down, he said it, be, it would be, quote, significantly softening the cuts. And it demonstrates how strong some people some feel about these sorts of initiatives. So I thought I would get Monorua Local Board Deputy Chairman Matt Winiata on the panel. Kia ora, Matt. Wallace, I appreciate your time and, and reaching out, so thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Now, talk to us. What made you so emotional as you delivered your speech? Uh, well, you know, short of being named the uh, the Newtown Crier of, of Auckland, um, really the uh, it was. I went through a number of things when I was when I was writing through this, and and we presented with a number of options as we're going through these slides. And um, when you start to think about the the impact of just one hundred and eighty thousand dollars, we've got a three hundred and seventy five million dollar hole that needs to be filled somewhere to to cut funding. For $180,000 that affects so many children across South Auckland um, for the cost of $3 each, looking at what the John Walker Find Your Field of Dreams Foundation does for a, a, a return on their investment the, is, is absolutely incredible. We can't, you know, 
for uh, you know three dollars. That's less than half a cup of coffee these days at the cafe. So why are we why are we looking to make cuts like this that affect so many? Also proposed for the chopping block was the twenty thousand uh, dollar Kai for Kids program in Clendon Library. Uh, you've lived all your life there in Manarua, Matt. You'd know the situation, of course. This also hit you pretty hard. Just the idea of having it cut. Yeah, um, across the board, that that one in particular is is, is quite strong. We um, and that's come from an initiative that our Clendon librarians um, had to seek out. Um, they had some rat bags running around the library, causing some mischief. They, 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 they stopped the kids and they had a chat to them. These kids, they're not getting fed at home um, in a lot of cases, maybe just one meal a day. Um, the, the Clendon Library, it acts like a social network for um, these children to go and, and log into the Wi-Fi when they can yeah. um, in South Auckland because their parents can't afford it. Um, they're getting up to mischief just because they're, they're, they're hungry and they're bored and um, the, the Clendon Library sought funding for that, which was approved by the Manarewa local board. And it's such a, for, for you know, $20,000 a year, that is huge for us. And our librarians are providing a lot of social work for kids that are, you know, that process, that, that in itself is something that's fallen through the cracks. Central government, different, okay. central government doesn't see things at that level, um, but the local board does. And not only is it affecting that, but if that's coming from our, um, our community grants, that we can't fund, that we'd have to look at cutting for a year. Um, that that takes away so many opportunities for community groups as well. So we we cut funding. We cut five thousand dollars funding for a, a community group that visits the elderly for uh, for a year to do tai chi or something like that or offer a service. How many of those people are missing out? So there, there's a there's a spider web that flow on effect branches out very very quickly for for money that is fractions of what we're looking at losing as in a budget. You stay there, Matt. Let's bring our panellists and we'll get you to respond. Catherine, you first. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I struggle with, I mean, being in the arts and getting funding, but I've also worked with, you know, in prisons, teaching creative writing and tutoring. And you can see the difference that things make. And but there seems to be no way of quantifying the benefit, as you say, that web, that ripple effect of benefit that happens to satisfy the people who are giving the money. And it's the most frustrating thing because you can see it when you're on the ground there. But how do we present these arguments of benefit in a way that takes them beyond money? Yeah, all right. Say there, Matt. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think the situation with Auckland is, you know, Matt, Matt has said there, the, the hole is big, <laughs> the hole is deep. Um, there, there's a lot of money to be made up. Um, and, and I'm just wondering whether the way the mayor has gone about it is to, is to hit everyone in the, in, in the fields equally and then say, well, our saviour is, you know, from how many shares we sell out of the airport. Right. Matt, can I just bring up that issue of do you, do, you get, do you get a sense sometimes that, you know, Auckland's a big place, it's a bit of a super city, there are many boroughs, aren't there? Do you think you get a fair crack of the conversation in Manarewa or do you get a, do you get a sense around the table, oh gosh, sometimes a little bit forgotten? 
Uh, I, I, I think we're a lot forgotten. I think we've been excluded from the conversation for a long time. You know, we've had some wonderful advocates for the community on the on the governing body. You know, Councillor Daniel Newman works exhaustively to to work and and try and get these things through. But it's up to the local boards to get a vision of what's actually missing. Um, but you know. Manurewa, you, you actually don't know until you're within the local board and you see the mm. numbers. We are twice as worse off as the next local board to us. That is, it, it, the, the concept of it is ridiculous. Other, other local boards can afford to cut a day at a library. They can afford to make cuts elsewhere. Um, and they, if they're still operating at a premium. Any cuts that we make, um, will affect the, the day-to-day workings within our community. And when vulnerable communities like this, you know, equity is a big deal. One, we want we want to skew that graph to bring us up closer to zero. When You know, we're not asking for, for anything because we're missing out or it's a nice to have. We Everything we beg, borrow and try and, well, I don't want to steal it, but, you know, where we can never do anything like that from, it's just because we're trying to break even, but we're never we're never even close to that. Great to have you on, Matt. Kia ora. And um, all the best in, uh, also in my hometown, part of Auckland, my hometown, Marawa. Kia ora. You're always welcome. Thank you, Wallace. That is the uh, local board uh, deputy chairman, Matt Winnie, out of there uh, talking about the issues. We will return actually to that really interesting initiative there, that um, Kai for Kids program at Clendon. Uh, a library. It is uh, seventeen to five. The panel on RNZ National. Thank you so much for your response to this afternoon, too. By the way, and um, but I'm getting a really mixed response on whether or not I should keep the power ballads. Re- Joe says <laughs> keep them. Um, someone says no, keep the power ballad, and uh, another person says they have constantly sucked. <laughs> Oh, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? You should see them. Um, should I or should I, should I go to Disco Fridays? Because that does sound very appealing. Anyway, it's uh, coming up to quarter to five to this. Now, for two years on this show, during the pandemic, I would, each Monday at 10 to 5, profile a tiny business or a startup, I guess in acknowledgement of just how tough things were at the time. You know, a side hustle started as an idea in lockdown or an idea born out of losing your job. And I talked to a guest, uh, it must have been two and a half years ago now, about an idea they had. Two mums in Devonport, Claire and Lauren, or Lulu, worked up a baking mix idea after Lauren lost her job. So I thought I'd go back to one of these small ideas and, hey, see how it all went. And with us is Lulu Taylor. Uh, Lulu's on the phone. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Wallace. It's nice to talk to you again. It's great to have you again. Hey, crazy two years, right? I can't believe it. And it's been kind of interesting just thinking what has happened. And you were so kind to take the time to talk to such a little baby business. I mean, we were only six weeks old when we talked to you. I had just lost my job to COVID. And Claire had approached me at picking up her daughter one day from a play date and said, let's start an artisan um, food company. So we launched into a baking mix company. And That's a lot right. <laughs> so the baking mix company, now remind me uh, of the name. It's called Secret Kiwi Kitchen. Is that right? Yes, Secret Kiwi Kitchen. Okay, yes. so two years on, is it still going? It is. It is. I, I actually can't believe looking back because when you're in it, you don't realize how far you've come. 
But I have to say today we're in 350 stores. We've um, we got ranged into um, New World. We're in Briscoes, and next what? month we're uh, <laughs> yes, and next month we're launching into select countdown stores. You're kidding me? No, no. I mean, when we've talked to you, we were just started, and I think we're selling online basically to the Devonport community. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're in 350 stores, including New World and Briscoe's, this after losing your job in the pandemic. That's quite a story, Catherine. Yeah. No, Let's bring Catherine on. We've got guests here. Catherine. Oh, that's fantastic news. And, I mean, I'm just interested to ask, I mean, what did what did the skills, you know, what did starting it in a pandemic give you that perhaps wouldn't have happened if you'd started it at any old time? Well, I think a couple of things. One is it gave us the opportunity. I mean, we had not, at that point, I had nothing to lose. And um, Claire was looking to go back into the workforce. It was a really tricky time to find a job. So we actually had no choice. And we started, yeah, I think we we started the company with like no money. And the, the thing that really changed it for us, I think, is that the community and New Zealand was all about supporting local. So we had so many like, supporters behind us that propelled us forward and stores that would take a chance like Smith and Kelly, I can't even believe it, accepted us in time for Christmas. We're only really? a couple months old. And that well would never have happened like in normal times, but I think people really rallied around local. Okay, Chris. I just think that's that's cool. It's really cool, and I think you know, baking was the thing because you know, how much right. flour and sugar was argued about and, and talked about and missing from shelves during our, our COVID period. Yep, and we certainly made it easy in the package. And I think I joked last time that it was like great because it was a distraction while everybody was on their Zoom calls. But um, but now that everybody's back at work, it's still really great to have that ease. Even Claire, who's a great baker today, she has to cook for her kids' um, rugby team, and she stopped by. And she's like, "Hey, can I have one of our mixes to make up for tomorrow?" Well, it's just, it's, I, I wasn't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that uh, news there. So if you've just joined us, I'm talking to Lauren Taylor. I talked to her uh, in the pandemic, lost her job. Uh, Six-week cold side hustle, now the secret Kiwi kitchen, the bake, baking mixes in 350 stores around uh, the motto, including New World Briscoe's launching the countdown. So you how big be, do you want to go? Yeah. What, what's the end now? Do you see an end game? Uh, we're addicted. We love it so much. We actually have very big aspirations. We'd love because Claire's from England. She would love to like see her products go. I'm originally from America, although I just became official Kiwi this year. Um, no, we'd like to go far, but we really appreciate going kind of like deeper here and not jumping overseas right away. That we've had, we're really trying to build like a strong follow base here in New Zealand, and we just we do have some really loyal customers, and so. We're, we're, we're actually the immediate plans for growth are new products. So we have a new cake mix coming out and a chocolate chip cookie coming out. Good okay, on. So what's wow. the fan favorite so far? Well, our pancake is the number one bestseller. So we have this pancake that makes pancakes and waffles, and it's just add water, and mm-hmm. it's like in one. It's in a pouch instead of like a big jug, and people just love it. And so that's that's our that's our top okay. hit. And then we had like a sleeper product last year we launched, which was kind of out of kind of out of our categories we wa- we launched a make your own hot sauce kit in time for father's day and that went gangbusters so that w- that was a fun little hey product. lauren just just finally can i ask you um just on a final note um do you ever think back because redundancy or losing a job 
that can be quite crushing. Do you ever think back to that time uh, and that moment, that, that that email or that Zoom call? Oh, God, I do, I do. And I have to say that the thing that I'm most proud of is that I think about, like, just in terms of kind of three kids, that to show them, like, when, you know, the chips are down, that you can pick yourself up and from nothing make something. Good on you. Good on you. Two and a half years on, here you are. Nice to talk to you again. Uh, thanks for checking in with us. All right. All right, there we have it. Um, that's uh, Secret Kiwi Kitchen. <laughs> Catherine, just before we go, um, I, I be, I'm going to be honest, talking with Lauren is bringing back all these memories because I broadcast for the whole time from here, you know, through the, through the lockdowns, and it's, I'm, I'm getting almost this chill um, thinking about coming in and no one was here and... Uh, it's, yeah. it's just a bizarre feeling to actually take yourself back mentally to those times, huh? Do you think you can better well, check is. in with some more? It's... Sorry, Catherine. And I think, I think that it's like, um, well, I started a business in lockdown. Jane Arthur and I started Good Books, you know. Oh, I mean, right. Like, well, in, in 2020 and after the first lockdown. But, I mean, it seems like such a it's such a weird time and but but as a business and it's probably the same with Lauren Claire is like they haven't known anything but a COVID lockdown sort of environment um, to be operating in so I think in a way you know we didn't have the big hit of having to to deal with things we just we went straight in knowing how things were going to be. Yeah. Uh, Chris, yes, I will. I will check in uh, with uh, with a couple more, actually. It was quite quite interesting. And now to the power ballads, uh, Bernard Whanganui says, I am all for Disco Friday. Mike says, keep the power ballads, but yes, stick to the actual power ballads. Uh, Jim, uh, 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 Jim and Papa Moore says, you just said Disco Fridays. The power ballot is safe. Um, so uh, I am uh, working out whether or not to ditch it. You can email me, the panel at rnz.co.nz, and I will make an informed decision once I see all the feedback. But finally, on the program, earlier this week, we spoke to Mortalbeck District Brass Band President and Drum Major Paul Hawkes, and he told us about his reaction to a nearly $3,000 quote to close parts of three streets of Motueka from the for the upcoming West Coast Regional Brass Band competition. Safe to say, he was outraged. A charge of almost three grand for a community organisation to shut down parts of the streets. Here's a taste of what he had to say when we spoke to him on Tuesday. My biggest issue is it's not a main road. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to close a side street. Um, I'd even thought about running the gauntlet and closing it myself. I'm wow. that passionate about this. I've had so many people from outside of the Motueka community, from Hokitika, Westport, um, I've had a couple from the North Island who struggled with their Anzac parades to get the roads closed for their Anzac parades. What's happening here? Well, what is happening here? And we got quite a response too. Uh, and, f- for example, we heard from Peter Gibbs experiencing a similar thing in Waipu. And Peter Gibbs of Promote Waipu is with us. Peter, hello. Yeah. Hi, hi, Wallace. How are you doing? Very well. So um, Paul clearly resonated with you. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we've run a couple of parades through Little Waipu uh, for the last couple of years. One is our Santa Parade. And the last two years, we've had to pay four grand just to run that, just to put Santa through the main street with a few thousand people to watch it. And our biggest problem was we're, we're running a festival in Waipu in July, our winter festival. And 
<coughs> we um, have an iconic pet parade there. People come with their pets, they dress up in a bit of tartan and uh, just parade from our, well, from the pizza barn down to the vet centre, about 400 metres. Yes. And we get council support, but we, we couldn't have it this year unless we had traffic control. And uh, so I got some names from the council and out of the blue, we had uh, a chap who lives just nearby come out uh, from eye traffic and said, look, uh, we in the community will do it for nothing. So the pet parade's back on. It's all good news. And we the Santa to, Parade? Um, yeah, well, the Santa Parade, we're going to work on that with these new guys. How much? What's the, what's the cost to go from the pizza barn to the pharmacy? I know, Waipu. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it would cost about two grand. Um, oh. Normally, the Santa Parade was four, four grand to do just that route. And... Um, you know, you just feel it is a rip-off, and it's a shame the council can't get behind it, perhaps sponsor it a bit. Or we're lucky we found this friendly traffic controller, and they've got into the community spirit, so we'll be able to have our pet parade. Okay, the pet parade and, goes and ahead, but uh, it's just a stroll of a few hundred metres, Catherine Robinson, yes. and here you are having to spend thousands. Yep. What, what are you, what's your take on this, Catherine? Well, I'm, I'm sort of bamboozled to figure out what on earth they're actually paying for. Is it time? Is there equipment involved? What are you paying for? You, you, you're paying for a couple of trucks with flashing lights and guys in high-vis jackets, which we can provide anyway, to wander around. And they do a traffic management report beforehand to the council to get approved before they'll let you do anything. It's, um, you know, it's charity and, and supporting the community. It's just a bit crazy. Yeah, seems expensive. Seems expensive for that and we're, and very much not in the community spirit. Chris, we're getting feedback from around the country on this particular issue that uh, traffic management to do your sand parade or pit parade is quite high. Yeah, and and but I I am remembering where it came from because I remember covering some stories on this back in the in the in the nineties when traffic uh, management was a few orange cones and a guy with an orange flag on the end of a stick. Yeah. Um. And there was road workers who got killed. I remember even at, at accident scenes there was a firefighter got killed, um, uh, one night. So it does come from a from a pretty serious place. But perhaps it has gone a step too far. And and things like the you know the pet parade there in Little Waipu and um Santa parades when they're covering the same route um, and they're doing the same things every time, surely you don't need to reinvent the wheel every year with the same sort of um, assessment because you know the all of the parameters, you know what's going to happen, and um, then you work on how do you actually minimise the cost and the impact on people. Peter? Yeah, sorry, there's just uh, uh, some sort of warning going off there. Um, yeah, uh, Wallace, if you've got a pet, you should come up and bring it into the pet parade, put a Am bit of tartan on it. They, they dress as tartan, and sometimes you can't... Are you serious? I would, be, I would be honoured. Oh, my you. wife's whanau was from Waipu. Oh, cool. Well, you no. come to the pizza barn Saturday the 22nd of July, bring your... What sort of pet have you got? Banjo, a Yorkshire Terrier. He's oh, part wonderful. Scottish. I've got a bit of Scottish blood. You know what, yeah. Peter? We're going to be there. Photos or it didn't you know, happen. Sometimes you can't tell the difference between the owner and the pet. That's the problem. Okay, Peter. Thank you. That's enough. Good on you. Okay. Goodbye. Very good. Peter gives her promote Waipu. Uh, there. Have you been to Waipu, Catherine? It's a beautiful spot. I don't think I have, actually. Possibly on the travels. But, Chris? yeah, it sounds cool. Oh, not since I was a wee, wee fella. Yeah.
but yeah, yeah. Away, and it? I'm just wondering because he's there on the coast, if he's got an alert whether NEMA has put out an alert to people's cell phones to stay away from the beaches given that surge warning. Well, that is right. Now, we haven't heard any more on that, but stay with Checkpoint. And gosh, it's kind of 50 50 whether or not I should have Disco Friday or uh, Power Ballad Friday. Come on, Wallace. No disco, no power ballads. Make it funky Friday. Nigel, Funkalicious, yeah. N- <laughs> Funk on Friday. Nigel I says... I think he's got a... Yeah, the alliteration is good on funky Friday. I thought about Sam that Sam says funky Friday. Nigel says, though, uh, power ballads, I live for the fit of righteous indignation that I feel every Friday. I hate it and I love it. There you go. <laughs> That's the panel. Uh, Chris Wee-Kaida and Catherine Robinson, fantastic stuff. Thank you to Sam Hollis, my wonderful producer. I am back. 3.45 Monday. Stay on RNZ for Checkpoint with Lisa Owen.